Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Legion of Myth live stream, episode number 228. This, I believe I have been informed, it is the 7th of September, 2019. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. I have no actual way of verifying that. I can go on the internet, but the internet is full of lies. Yep. So... Check my Wikipedia page. <laughs> exactly. Please. So you know what? You don't actually know the date. So there. You don't know it either. You know what? I, I just go with the flow on this stuff like you this. You pretty much you know, have to, because once you start yeah. questioning that, everything starts going. Next thing yeah. you know, it's all triumvirates and Illuminati yeah, conspiracies. You unmask your lizard overlords, like whatever. And then you you're like, what? you know, money's not even real. And next thing no. you know, you're living in a parking lot. Money, Money's garbage. Everyone knows that. Money is magic, man. Money takes work <laughs> you do now and turns it into stuff later. That's incredible. <laughs> But then again, you start looking, well, what's this all money all based off of? Is it based off of its weight? No, no gold, no. not faith. silver. It's, it's, it's literally, it's, it's, it's literally the, the religion of money. Right. It's based off your faith in a government currently run by morons. Absolute moron. I think it's hard to find another point in world history yeah. where you can look at the world leaders and go, well, we could well, actually, you could look at the Middle Ages. Yeah. I mean, those people the, were legitimately insane. The thing is, uh, we, we can't judge. The state of the country now, it has to be judged in the future. It has to, has to have a lens, yeah, a 2020 like, lens put on it, it takes to like really years. see it. We're living in it now, so we're kind of colored by what we feel, whereas later on the facts are will be able to be brought into play. Duncan Idaho says, uh, Heathen Dog's Wikipedia page lists him as an Ecuadorian businessman known to the local constabulary as Princess Diablo. Actually, fun fact... Uh, when I worked at EDS, which now doesn't exist because it was bought by Dell, uh, I had the nickname of Diablo Blanco. I believe I was it. the White Devil. Yes, I was gonna say I believe that. <laughs> that was my that was my thing. That was my moniker. And well earned, <sighs> I'm sure. Well earned, yes. Yep. Speaking of El Diablo Blanco, today <laughs> on El Diablo Blanco's Diabolaria, we have RPG Fundamentals, Numenera Discovery Character Generation Part 2. That's right. Long delayed, often anticipated, never imitated. Heathen Dogs, Heathen Dogma. Yeah. In Garthaz Comic Poll, we have <laughs> Savage Avengers number 5, Doomsday Clock number 11, House of X number 4, and a secret special review. Ooh. That I was going to do last week, but I had a special request to do that review, so I'm going to do it secretly. Well, publicly. Secretly. But now it's a secret. Well. And in the RNG, Heathen Dog is going to talk the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Actually, Max Liao and I have watched the whole thing. You have? Together? No. Cuddle no. up on the couch together, had some popcorn. <laughs> It'd be interesting. I'd have to be a jumper or something because, you know, he's in Germany. But other than that, you could yeah. just have like a tablet and you could FaceTime each other together. There you go. There you go. You could just take one of your anime character pillows, put his, you know, little portrait on it, you know. <laughs> wow, that's got weird real quick. Let's move on. Wait, weirder than normal? <laughs> weirder than normal. Yes. Nah, I don't think so. When you get into anime pillows, it gets weird, man. Oh, like you don't have any. I don't have an anime pillow. I have a wife. Yes, I believe that. He the dog's wife who might be listening, he does not have any. <laughs> I got you. I got you. You're good. <laughs> All right, 2020 is coming soon. So you can, for Gen Con, that is, and the universe. Well, the universe is older than that. So is the planet. Anyway, 
Gen Con 2020 is coming up. Ticket registration is in January of 2020. Activity sign-up isn't then that May. The event happens in August. Start planning now to join the Legion of Myth, your favorite Legion of Myth representatives at Gen Con 2020. We'll be there. We want to see you there with us. We can play a game. We can hang out. We could laugh and sing and hold hands in the park. It'll be great. Hold hands in the park. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Why? Why? Come on. It's like talking to a wall. All right. And you can join our Gen Con Discord discussions about Gen Con. We're going to be there. We want you to be there. We'll have a good time. Max will be there, too. So if you want to tell him just how great Heathen Dog and I are to his face, that is the yeah. time to do it. There it is. Because you know that's what's going to happen. It's the way to go. No, everyone's going to talk, talk to Gary and how great he is. And we'll no, be what, no, 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 no. What about no. us? Go away. No. They're going to talk about how, how epic his beard is by that They're time. They're going to talk about shrouding the avatar, and we're going to talk about gleaming the cube, and no one's going to understand each other. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God, I've had a flashback. Ah. Ah. It, I, uh, gleaming the cube is to is to skateboarding culture as hackers is to hacking culture. It's it awful. is. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. Oh, God. Actually, kind of along those lines, I recently got pulled into some thing at work I didn't want to have to do was bullcrap. But I had to do it. I got pulled in. And when nice. I got there, they were like, oh, you got recruited? And one of the guys said, you've recruited by the... Uh, Star League by, uh, to defend the frontier against Zor. And I, and I ended by Zor the Kodan Armada. He was like, oh my god, yes! Oh, thank you, Zod, for giving gifts subs to Duncan Idaho. <laughs> Again! Duncan, you son of a... You, Dun you moochin' son of a... Duncan stands by the expressway of the internet superhighway with his sign out. We'll comment for sub. And Zahn always puts the quarter in the hat. Thank you, Zahn. Thank you, Duncan. We really appreciate both of you. We really do. All right. Here's our stream wow. schedule. Live it. Love it. Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Shroud the Avatar with Elgarian, the premier Shroud the Avatar stream on the internet. And also, speaking of Shroud the Avatar, if you want help roleplaying this Shroud the Avatar, if you want to be part of the Shroud the Avatar roleplaying community, the best place to do it is rpota.com, the premier website role-playing within Shroud the Avatar. And if you're playing Shroud the Avatar and you need help, my friends, do not go out to the street tearing at those garments and throwing ashes over your head. No, my friend! Scream not to the heavens, but to your keyboard as you type sodahelp.org. And you go to the internet and you get help there. Or you can sure. watch uh, Elgarian streams and ask him and he'll let you know. That'll work too. Monday, 6.30pm, Left for Dead with Heathen Dog. That's always fun. It's highly entertaining, actually. And, and Elgarian. <laughs> Tuesday through Sunday at 6.30 p.m. He's also doing Shroud the Avatar. That's always fun. Doug says he's a hobo on Foundry Roundtable. is a hobo here, too. <laughs> and as long as you got a theme, you got to stick with what you're good at. Hey, hey. We gave you a t-shirt, man. That's true. And we give you guest hosting gigs. So, also, Monday through Friday at 10.30 a.m., Heathen Dog's doing Seven Days to Die on his own channel, twitch.tv slash heathendog. So check that out. That is fun. And you can watch him die in more than seven ways in Seven Days to Die. He's got it right here. Hey, that's I got great. Here. Monday, 6.30, Left for Dead with Elgarian. I said that, didn't I? No, I did not. Yes, I did. No, I didn't. Yeah, well. I did. You said me. Thursday okay. at 8.30, Empyrean Glass Survival with Garthon and you, the members of our League ah. of the Community. I, I will be upgrading the server this week. Well, tomorrow or Monday. And uh, I will be restarting the world. And I'm going to make it as hard as possible. Hard as possible. It doesn't matter how many people are on the server. It's still going to be hard. That's wonderful. It is wonderful. Because because I'm told that people like to see us struggle and cry and die. That is true. It was too easy last yes. time. Yes, it was. And Saturday, 8 p.m., 
anime, comics, games, the Legion with live stream, where you're at right now, or could be, if you're watching this on YouTube later. But that's where you should be, hang out with Garthon Heathen Dog. Chat with us, have fun. And Garthon, other than his team of Sith Heathen Dog, also has Sunday at 9 p.m. Final Fantasy III playthrough on his old Super Nintendo. That's been going pretty good. That's been going pretty good. It's uh, it's an old Super NES game. It's Final Fantasy III. It's fun. It's uh, it's kind of brutal actually. They t they don't care the old school. No, no. Wait, what is this? Darkness dun, dun, has come upon us. Dun, 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 There's nothing. There's the void. to Twitch. 1 October 2019. Oh my god. Unless delayed again. Max Leo. Fail streams. Destiny 2. Shadow Keep. Be there. Come for the bad gameplay. And stay for the rage quits. <laughs> That's a good motto. It's good. It's good. That was epic. I enjoyed that. Excellent that work. Good. I like that. that so, <laughs> that was good slides, Max. And don't forget, the Legion Myth, you can join us on Discord at that link. Follow us on Twitter at Legion Myth. Watch us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Legion Myth. Watch us live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Legion Myth. Get our gear at shop.spreadshirt.com slash Legion of Myth. Be cool, be hip, let everyone know. Current goals, Twitch follower goal. Oh my gosh, we got it. Three yep. months, three months in a row. 1,000 Twitch followers right there. Thank you so much, all of our Twitch followers. We really do appreciate it. Our yep. subscribers, we're not there. That's okay. We're getting there. Trying to get 100. We were there once. We can be there again. YouTube subscriber goals. We're going up. We're getting there. Patreon goals, 100 a month. Trying to get 100 or 44. That's stable. We'd like more, but that's good. We'll take what we can get. We appreciate all of our followers, subscribers, Patreons. Thank you ever so much. We appreciate it. It's your generous donations that allow us to keep going, to keep the servers running, to upgrade, to give away games. A lot of it goes to giveaways, honestly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So thank you very much for that. So remember, Twitch followers, subscribers, access all Twitch giveaway contests, Legion Myth weekly live streams, daily Shred Avatar, Shred the Avatar streams. YouTube subscribes to highlight the live stream segments, additional Legion Myth content, and our Patreon members get better value, extra stuff, all good things. So meeting these goals, we hit our follower goals, so we're having a super giveaway coming soon. Three minutes in a row, that's going to be a big giveaway. So free to go in 2019, we'll give away a specifically for that venue, games, gift cards, more, we've done lots of stuff. The Twitch follower giveaway is coming soon. Uh, for if all four goals are hit and held for three months, we we will give away. Wait, if our full goals are hit, we will give away over a thousand prizes, including an epic painting by I Garthod and a Plex server set up by Heathen Dog himself just for you. Uh, so let's get those Twitch subs back up and everything. So tell us everyone you know, friends, enemies, everyone else, get them in there. We want them. We have over four years of content in the live stream alone. Daily Twitch streams, amazing soda content, seven days to die, Final Fantasy games, all sorts of crazy things. My complete playthrough of Yakuza Kiwami. That was fun. <laughs> I, I had to run every time I heard Kiryu-chan. <laughs> Kiryu-chan, no! Oh, God. Does he have a bat? Wait, does he have a bat? If he, if he has a bat, you just cry a little bit. <laughs> Could win your very own Baldahar if we would draw goals. You might! Hey, yeah! Very own Baldahar. And Timus, Imperial Glass of Love for Dead. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you for our patrons, our Twitch supporters, Illuminati, Lamb, Gary M. Thank you so much! Brian H. Sheriff, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Reese, Aaron, Zahn, number one in cheers. Oh my gosh, he's a hero. We love Zahn. And give sub, Zahn is still the king. Thank you ever so much. We greatly appreciate you. Still the king? Come on. Still the once and only king, the future king. Pretty much, yeah. And thank you to all of our subscribers. We really do appreciate it. Rating system, half star, terrible. Five star, amazing. Four star. Oh no, that's four and a half stars, amazing. 
All right, extraordinary. Four star, average Garth owner. All right, fair enough. I said it before you could. Nice. Actually, my average is probably about three. But I do give mm. away a lot of fours. You do. Because they're very good. You know? I don't you wouldn't pick. buy them if they were. Well, I'm not going to pick, like, every book in the world and review every single book and say, oh, he does give a lot of, you know, no. I'm you know, going to get books I want to read. I don't want to read mm. terrible books. All right, disclaimer. <laughs> the opinions expressed in this episode are solely the opinions of the individual host or commentator and are not representative of the entire Legion of Myth organization. While we make an effort to provide a family-friendly atmosphere, there may be the occasional use of foul or even offensive language. Thank you for understanding and continued viewership. If you're a fan of anime, tabletop gaming, or both, don't miss an episode of Heathen Dogs, Heathen Dogma. Each week, Heathen Dog alternates between anime reviews and tabletop gaming fundamentals. Watch live and chat with Heathen Dog every Saturday at 8 p.m. Central Time to share your thoughts and recommendations with him. Now, without further ado... I ask all of you to close your eyes and breathe deep. Feel within the music of the universe as it calls to you with its siren wailing from across the stars. The beating of the pulsars send their light through you, streaming, my friends, into your mind, where the energies of the cosmic whales come in and are decoded by ancient receptors built into your Abdullah Ablangata, that very thing which told the fish to grow feet and rise from the world. My friend, it tells you now to rise, rise beyond your limited selves, and go, my friend, go into that dark horizon where none may find except you, the seeker, the dreamer, the doer, for there, my friends, you will come upon the cosmic doorway. Though the light streams by, fearfully you tiptoe, daring, daring to the threshold, grasping the silver doorknob, trembling with fear. You open it, and there, streaming inside your mind, is he the dog's RPG fundamentals, Numenera Discovery. Thank you very much, Garth. Subscribe! Hello, everyone. Ah! <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Thank you, everyone, for coming by. I appreciate it. And, uh... Uh, today is the part two and final part of my character generation portion of the overview of Numenera Discovery. Yes. Now, today is not a whole lot, but unlike unlike the others, I'm going to have my opinion of the game on the end. Because I have one. There you go. But first, let's look at the particulars of this book, just in case you missed it. Uh, this came out on October 17, 2018. And uh, Monty Cook Games is the publisher. And you can get it if you want it. On Amazon for forty-seven bucks, about. Uh, if you just want the PDF, twenty bucks from Drive Through RPG, or you can get it on eBay for around twenty-five dollars, give or take, depending on, of course, the condition shipping. of your book. And shipping is is shipping free? Is shipping not free? That's you know you got you got to shop around eBay. Everyone knows that. That's you got to get to look, look at the fine print. So let's look at the road so far. This is what we did on the part one of character generation. We chose a glaive as my character archetype. And the abilities I get, I get a plus one melee damage. I'm, I decide to be trained in jumping. I'm going I'm to go over skills today, so I'm going to explain that. And I have the ability of misdirect. It's a special glaive ability you get to pick at tier one, which is like level one. And what it allows me to do, it allows me to uh, take someone's melee attack on me and misdirect it onto one of one of his buddies that's near him. So he actually hits his friend rather than me, which I think would be really funny. 
So I took it. That would be highly entertaining, yes. Yeah. And uh, everyone everyone gets, uh, every glaive gets the same stats, but you get six points or so to divvy up however you want. And just to let you know, uh, anywhere between nine and 12 is considered average. All right. So I am average and above average in, in everything. So that's good. Now, as my descriptor, if you want full explanation of this, go ahead and read, go ahead and watch part one. But uh, I chose intelligent because I, I wasn't going to be a grunt. You know, glaives are are your frontline warriors. You know, they're they're the, they're the guys who are in the trenches. They're the guys who you know get the blood and gore on them. But I didn't want to be just like like a jarhead, you know, kill them all, let God sort them out type guy. No, I want I want to be the thinking man's warrior. So I chose intelligence as my descriptor, and with that, I got an extra knowledge skill of my choice, and I get the ability of eidetic memory. Which it again, part one, I explain what that does. Now, also, I get master's weaponry foci. Uh, that that's what I chose as as my as my focus. Master's weaponry. Uh, I gain a high quality weapon of my choice, and I get a plus one damage with my chosen weapon. And I am automatically trained with a skill in crafting and repairing my chosen weapon. That's what I got in part one. Now, let's look at part two. Our next steps are going to be skills. Okay. Skills are acquired by focus and tier. So you you acquire uh, skills uh, by choosing a focus, which I did, and you acquire skills by going up in tier or like going up in level. Uh, what skills do is they ease related tasks, meaning if I have a skill in lockpicking, I get a minus one difficulty to picking locks. That's great. And if I get the skill twice... Because as you go up in tier, it says you may choose one of the following, or you may you may choose one that you already have that you do not already have. If it says you may choose one of the following and it's a list you haven't before, you can choose the same skill twice. Then you're specialized in that skill and you get a minus two to your difficulty rating. And I really should have put the the difficulty table up here because uh, there's a difficulty rating. And that rating equals a number on a D20 you have to roll equal or above to actually succeed in the task. And what do you roll and e on? Like a D20, 2D6? It's, it's, it's always a D20. It's always a, a, a D, D20 for success and failures. And damage is set. And we're going to get that when we get new equipment. Right. Now, uh, yeah, equipment, uh, there is currency, used to buy equipment, obviously, uh, armored weapons, and special equipment, miscellaneous stuff, uh, uh, healing stuff, uh, quality of life stuff, stuff like that. I'm, don't worry, I'm going to go over all that as well. Now, first, we're going to start with skills. Now, with this game, skills are whatever you want them to be. This is a list, and it's not a list of skills. It's a list of possible skills. There are no skills in the game. That sounded weird, but it's true. You and the game master decide on what you are, what your character is trained in, and you make that skill together. So if you you can literally be, I want to be trained in underwater basket weaving. Okay, you have the underwater basket weaving skill. Every time you weave a basket underwater, you're a minus one to your difficulty. That'll be useful for those underwater baskets I need. Exactly, right? But, again, like I said, there's no real skill list. All this here that I put here are the initial suggestions. But it's you and the Game Master's job to come up with, with your own skills and 
and uh, their range and scope. So like if you say running, well, running may involve just running fast or it may involve running fast and endurance increased it. You're trained in running, so you have the proper form so you can run for longer. Not just faster, also for longer. You, you and the GM have to negotiate this. So once you get a skill, like I said, you're trained in it, you're minus one difficulty to everything that you and the game master decide falls under the scope. And if you somehow get it again, then it's a minus two difficulty for everything that falls under the scope. So if your character was a bounty hunter slash model, you could get skills in like posing. And... Yes. All right. Yeah, and uh, tracking. You know, bounty hunter and model. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, yeah, their skills, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. All right. It's very sure. flexible. It Infinitely is. It's flexible. very flexible. It is. Very much so. And you now, never know what a pose-off will happen with a wanted man. <laughs> yeah, you never know. You, you could have a... You, you could even have a uh, Star-Lord dance-off situation, you know? Yeah, that could happen. That skill came in handy. That's right? right. Didn't think it would. Didn't think it would. But it did. Yep. Cause confusion. All right. So, now we're going to go to equipment. The first type of equipment we're going to go is armor. Now, the important Ooh, thing you have to know, Thank you. What happened? Serial Noob subscribed. Hey, Serial Noob, thank you. Uh, what you need Two to know about streak. armor, wow, good deal, is that the same type armor doesn't stack. So we'll look at this chart. Let's say you have a leather jerkin and hides and furs. You can't stack them on top of each other, hides and furs where, where, where the jerkin is, and have, and have uh, two points of armor because light armor gives one point. You can't. That's because... Ties and first basically are the same thing as stacking on that. You're not doing yourself any yeah. more favors. Yeah, you're not doing yourself any favors except maybe screwing your encumbrance a bit, right? Now, armor from different sources do stack. Now, for example, let, let's say you have a Numenera that, get, that grants you a force field, a skin-tight force field around your body. That, plus, uh, plus the skin of a beast for medium armor, would give you a total armor rating of plus three rather than just plus two for the highest level. Because they're they're from different kinds of armor. Interesting. Yes. So as long as you and the GM can can negotiate, you know that no, I'm not wearing this armor on top of other armor. This is a completely different kind of armor. Then it will stack. Which is different than almost every other system out there. Which basically says, well, if you're wearing a higher kind of armor, it incorporates lower kinds in it. That's why it's yeah. better. Right. Like I mean, plate it, mail it, is better it, than chain mail, but. You wear chain under plate. Yeah, you wear chain under plate, so it's it's a combination of both. That's why it's inherently better. Right. Yeah, I get it. And it could be that, you know, a, a leather jerkin and hides and furs. When you wear hides and furs, you're also wearing a leather... Yeah, it's you basically know, leather anyway. Leather, leather on the bottom of that to sew it all on together. So you're literally wearing both. So, yeah. I mean, they didn't explain it that way in this game, but you could, and it would be completely feasible. Right, but this actually does beyond saying, instead of saying you actually can wear say, micromesh underneath your chain mail, and it gets better. So that's good. You can literally wear a chain under your plate armor in this, and you get the benefits of both. Well, no. No, be yes. because you're, you're, you're wearing them in the same... In the, they're, they're the same kind of armor. So uh, the but, thing but is... But chain is under medium, and plate is under heavy. Yeah, but it's, it's worn in the same... You're wearing it on your chest and body. Now, a force field is different. It's on a belt buckle you, or you a... You just said you a, could... That if they're no, different, no. different categories, they add. No, no, no. Not different categories. Different 
different sources. Now, uh, what, what I mean, what I mean by sources, I'm not explaining this word. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm confusing you on this, but, uh, for, uh, for example, armor, uh, armor cloth and beast skin, they are two different categories of armor. One is special light. One is medium, but they're both worn in the same, on the same place on your body. It just, you're stacking them on each other. A force field is not worn armor. It's a. It's not just a different category. So you couldn't stack a leather jerkin and, and micro mesh then. No, you could okay. not do that. No. All right. Because they're both they're both worn armor and worn in the same place. Now. All right. That's fine. If if you had B skin and say some kind of uh, of substantial uh, arm armor and you went to go like this to block, the GM might give you a stacking armor bonus. In that situation. All right, makes sense. Okay. Again, there's there's a lot of give and take with the player and GM in this game when it comes to things like this. All right. Now, when you're wearing armor, uh, you have obviously encumbrance. You know, the, and encumbrance is your speed effort is affected. So and every time you want to push your speed a little bit, you want to you want to get a little extra oomph. It costs one additional from your from your speed pool, which again I covered in part one. Now, currency. Shins. You see the price of stuff right here. It says shins. Yes. Shins are weird. All right. I don't. It, it's weird. Shins are they're coins uh, minted in the ninth world, which is the current world, and we are at the beginning of the current world. Okay, so they're minted now, and they are steel, steel, maybe silver, maybe uh, elaborately done uh lithographs who knows shins shins can be anything because they are regional some regions don't take other regions shin so you could walk you know 50 miles or ride ride your ride your tauntaun 50 miles come to another village and suddenly your money is garbage that can happen and there are other there are other places that accept all shins so it doesn't matter yay they'll even exchange shins and what the heck happened what 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 are, are you still there yeah i'm still here we're going okay my uh my monitor just went blank that's because your monitor does not like you my monitor does not like me okay i can't see anything anymore so uh and i'll just finish explaining shins before i have to do this whole reboot nonsense but uh did you accept uh, technology from the lowest bidder i did i did accept technology from the lowest bidder. It, was, it was my bad now uh again you can make your own shins like you 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 go into uh into eighth world or se or, or, or seventh world uh, ruins and find like really cool high-tech buttons and some people might consider that a shin and take it as a shin now the problem with with uh with your starting character is most characters start with five shins go ahead and look on the chart what what can you really buy for five shins that is not crap. Mm. Well, if you spend all your money, you can get medium. Yep. Yep. All your money. All your money. No food, no weapons for you. Nope. None of that. None of that for you. That's that's all you get. And uh, but l luckily with me, with uh, be because I chose ma uh, Master of Weapons Foci, I get a high quality weapon of my choosing. Oh, that's convenient. Yeah, right? Yeah. And uh to be fair in your starting equipment you get you get a a small melee weapon and a uh 
and a small ranged weapon with uh, with 12 uh, pieces of ammo, depending on what, which one you choose. You choose a blowgun, you'll get blow darts. You choose a crossbow, you'll get bolts. Whatever. For free. But 12 doesn't last a whole long. And uh, a little knife isn't going to help you a whole lot. Right? So you're probably going to want to uh, be able to buy something a little better. So having five shins, I think, is a little low. Yeah. A little on the low side. All right, so let me see if I can get this back. Yes, I can. Okay. Hey, there it is. Came back. All right. Congratulations. Good job. You solved right, the so problem. We will move on to weapons now that I can see it. Uh, weapons just like armor, light, medium, and heavy. All right. And as you can see, the shin price, uh, they're, they're fairly cheap, much cheaper than armor. So that's good. Uh, cost and damage goes up as you go up. In level now the one thing they all have in common is all light weapons do two damage all medium weapons do four damage and all heavy weapons do six damage it's just your flavor what you want some of these are even aoe type weapons like the like the razor ring can can hit multiple enemies at one time uh some of them like the blowgun obviously one guy at a time so uh you know that's going to be it's going to be affected in the price and it's going to be affected in the utility whatever flavor you want now uh your weapon class what defines a weapon as light medium or heavy it's how much how many hands your you need or could use with it if a weapon can only be used effectively in one hand like a blowgun or a dagger or or a small club like they have here like a like a like a regular hammer can only effectively be used in combat with one hand. That is a light weapon. If a weapon can be used with one or two hands effectively in combat, that's a medium weapon. If a weapon must be used with two hands to be effective in combat, that's a heavy weapon. That's how they determine what is light, medium, and heavy. Makes sense. So, you know, if you have craft weapons or whatever as a skill and you want to make your own weapon. Like I, I want to make the glaive from crawl. Okay. Technically that's a one handed ranged weapon. So that would be a light weapon. Yes. It cannot be effectively used with two hands. Lightsabers would be light weapons. Lightsabers would be, no, they would be medium weapons. Oh, cause they'd be one or two hands. That's true. They can be one or two handed. Uh, then they'd be medium sabers. That's true. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Now, Darth Maul's double lightsaber is a heavy weapon. It, to be effective in combat, it must be used with two hands. Fair enough. Yes. All right, let's go now to the character sheet. Now, I want you to look at the character sheet. That's I tried. It is. It is. It's very busy. It's very artistic. But when I tried typing in the character and the finished character into this thing, my eyes start to water. Color contrast could be better. Yes. It, it is very hard to look at. I recommend if you're going to print out this character sheet, do it in black and white. Don't do it in color like it is in the book. This is page one and you go to the next page. That's page two. Page two is your background, your, your notes and, uh, and um, your advancement stuff, stuff like that. Just the, the, the page two is flavor. Page one is all of your relevant statistics now because i didn't want to write it here because reading it on this character sheet is blindingly awful i went ahead and uh oh i and i didn't finish my equipment i got in the wrong i got those slides in the wrong order this is the helpful item equipment 
All right. Common and rare and very rare. Common and rare are manufactured in the ninth world, in in the present society. Uh, they're manufactured locally or very close by, and their quality varies by region. Some people specialize in stim packs or whatever. Some people specialize in compasses be because they have really high quality magnesite or whatever in their region. Makes sense. Great. Great. Fine. Now, very rare. There are items that are not made in the ninth world. They're, they're found in scavenging from civilizations long dead, but they're found in such numbers that they can be sold on the common market in many places. Now, this, this effects is by price because it's dangerous going to get it. They may be plentiful. You, may, you, you could find like 144 gross of them, but it's underneath this, this giant beetle thing in this, in this old cryo chamber from a civilization that's been dead for 10,000 years. What are so getting it's a little ants. rough. I need to know what memory ants are. I I'm looking that up. <laughs> well, I, what I want to talk about is spray flesh. This is neat. This is your this is your uh, low level med pack, and uh, it costs 100 shins. It has it has limited uses, but more than one. But what it is is uh is you it's it's kind of like a uh, as seen for TV flex seal. You spray it on your skin and it creates a barrier and it heals six points of, uh, of stat damage. Great. They even have spray metal, which is the same thing, only for metal. Like, oh no, I have a crack in my boat. I've got flex seal. And you're good to go. You're floating. Right. You know, it's great. I love that. I thought it was pretty awesome. Like, oh man, this is made, made for TV stuff. It's awesome. Uh, let's see what else. Did you look up memory ants? I can't find anything. All right, hang on. I, I'll look it up. I need the PDF, apparently. Memory Ants, uh, page 98. All right. There it is. Memory Ants. This is a small jar of tiny insects that run across a page of text and then return to the jar. When spilled out again and given ink, they replicate the text that they ran over the first time and then die. That seems a strange life cycle. It is a very strange life cycle. I don't know how you breed. I'm guessing they're not ants. actually ants; they're tiny machines. That's most likely true. That is most likely true. Yes. Then there's the shaper key. It's a wad of putty that can be inserted into a conventional lock. It takes on the form of the key for that lock, and then hardens permanently into a functional key specific to that lock. What? So it's a lock picker's dream. What are the advantages over shaper ants versus like a portable printer? Uh, it depends how big the jar or is. Taking a picture of it. Or taking a picture. But the thing is, in the ninth world, they don't have cameras yet. Just this is brand kind of, new. Seems kind of like, oh, we have this insanely advanced yeah. technology to I know, copy exactly. a piece of yeah. paper. That, that's, that's the thing about Numenera Discovery. They are medieval level technology, but a lot of people have figured out some of the some of the technology that was left by by highly advanced civilizations that have been that have either dead or gone or ascended to another plane of existence or whatever, and they use it without understanding how to replicate it. And they it could be the it. memory ants actually have a totally different function they are actually designed for, but they will also do yes, this. exactly right. I mean, think of the people of the ninth world like uh like the uh, star trek race that uh that that kidnapped jordy because jordy makes them go and that the packlets there you, nah 
was it the Packlets? Yeah, so, it sounds right. The Packlets. Yeah, uh, they they can't fix anything. They can't make anything. They can only push buttons and operate things through trial and error, and then they get stuff to work. But if it breaks, they need an engineer like Jordy to make them go again. It's kind of like this. If if you're if you uh, if your uh, laser sword runs out of juice, your 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 lightsaber, you found a lightsaber. Yay! You're cutting through folk like nothing. And then the battery pack runs out. Oh crap! You just throw it away. There's no way to recharge it. Right. It's it's now a paperweight. So that's that's how it goes. That's just that's just how it is. You got to deal with that. Okay. So now we're done. Freddy now we're done. So technology, they're very talented. That's what I've been meh, told. Meh. All right. So what have we got? Uh, we've got skills. Now I only get one extra skill. I've already got jumping be- because of my, my tier one glaive and because of intelligent, I get an extra knowledge skill. I chose tactics. Now I, I negotiated with my game master, which was me. It's hard negotiation, but I think I did. Okay. That uh, the skill of tactics, in uh, on it's 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 a the ground level tactics. It's in the moment tactics. Like uh, I can use this skill successfully against against a uh, an opponent, and if I succeed, I can gain a tactical advantage in my next attack, and it will bring down the difficulty for me to hit that person. That's what this tactic skill does. And I said okay to that. So good. very nice, yes. And uh, for my equipment, can I even afford chainmail? I don't think I can afford no, chainmail. You cannot afford chainmail. I cannot afford chainmail. I want it. I, okay, I I, uh, I I sold my blowgun to a and, and my and and my twelve darts for four shins. A chainmail costs six shins. So I have seven now. No, I have a nine now. So I I, I bought I bought chainmail. And I have three shins left. Uh, number one, I get my weapon, right? I already get my weapon. I chose a high quality great axe because if, if I'm if I'm getting a bonus to hit someone, I want to hit them definitively. Yes. And I get a plus one damage with my chosen weapon and a plus one damage with melee. So with this great axe, I'm doing eight damage. And I believe high quality gives me another plus one. So that's actually nine damage with that's this axe. Every hit. Bam. Now remember, uh, damage takes away from your might pool, and average is between nine and twelve. So I could kill in one hit an average dude. Just split him in half. Hassan chop. He's done. Excellent work. Yeah. If he's not done, he wish he was done because he's hurt real bad. Yes. Real bad. And then with with my three shin, I can get. Some miscellaneous items. I don't know. Uh, I can get a, a, a bag and an ink pen. Bags. That's three good. shins. That's three shins right there. I, I, I can write write my name on my on my clothes and my bag with my ink pen. Ooh, that that's uh wow! You're impressing me. There you go. So that is all. That is all for Numenera Discovery. What did you think of this segment? Before you go into the chat and go into the comments below, I'm going to tell you what I think of Numenera. I would not play this game. I'm not saying it's a bad why, game. Why would, you, why would you not play this game? I'm not saying it's a bad game. It's a bad game for me. The reason being is because I like a game with a rich backstory. 
this has the potential for rich backstory, but the characters can never know it. You're literally apart from the history of the planet. There is a gap of knowledge, a chasm of knowledge that can never be traversed to get to the backstory of the planet. You can never know. You as your character can never know because you're a completely different society. I personally don't like that. And the skill system, I like a robust skill system. This is the opposite of that. This is laziness, in my opinion. You just decided that, no, I don't want to spend time making skills. I'm just going to leave it up to the game master and the player to do my job for me to make the skills for their game. That That's what I read when I read this. I didn't like it. All right. Fair enough. I didn't like it at all. So uh, all of that together, I would not play this game. Having read it, it would it, it just seems like uh, it would be harder to make my character in the... Now, I understand why they, they did the whole, my name is this and I am a glaive that does this. Because they're trying to force you to make a backstory for your character because the world has no backstory to draw from. So it's all about you. And it's harder to make a character with in an, in a complete vacuum, which is what Numenera Discovery is. With that's, Without a world backstory, it's a vacuum. So you're saying that there's not enough there to... There's, there's no not a framework there to hang a character off of in any exactly. substantial thing connected to the world itself. Exactly. There's nothing to connect to the world because the world is brand new. There's no There's not enough elements to draw from to actually get a history of your character. That makes sense. I can see that. In my opinion. In my opinion. Now, the the of course, the, the uh, skill thing is just ridiculous. Because uh, all you have to do is have one character... I'm sorry, one player who is, who is a shyster. And he could talk himself into skills that are so overpowered, it's crazy. And then you have another character who has... who I'm not sorry, another player who is the opposite of that. He has trouble, you know, uh, expanding beyond the literal. And he'll have skills that are basically worthless in almost any situation. I was kind of thinking the same thing. Like, what maximized skills could I have? Hmm. I have a skill in outdoorsmanship. That means I know climbing, running, survival, hunting. Exactly. Hunting, tracking, trapping. uh, Fishing. uh, Fishing. uh, Skinning. Building shelters. Outdoorsmanship could be so creating shelter, fire. Knowing which plants are poisonous. Knowing which plants are poisonous, uh, drinkable water. Everything. It can any if you can talk yourself into that, you have a skill that is like twenty skills in one. Unless you talk your and game it's master into it. Completely legit for the rules. Completely fine. Whereas you have another character, he he wanted he wanted the same concept. But he couldn't convince a game master that outdoorsmanship did all that, so he got trapping. He got. Uh, he took fishing. He took trapping, fishing, and fire building. Ooh, fire That's building! That's good. That's all he's got. Whereas the outdoorsman over here, Shyster, he can do all that and so much more just because he talked the GM into it. <laughs> exactly. So I would not play this game. It's too ill-defined for me to too hang my hat to abuse in many ways too open to abuse too open to interpretation no two games are going to be anywhere close to the same 
Ooh, Rangelaire says close. he can convince us of anything. I believe there you him. go. See? Shyster. I believe him. There you go. But those are my thoughts on Discovery. What are your thoughts on Numenera Discovery? And do you have any other suggestions for tabletop RPG? Now, now bear in mind, when Cyberpunk 2077 comes out, I'll be doing that one. Definitely. So if it comes out, it, they, they pushed it a little while, I believe. They, they, they want to coincide it with the video game, I yes. think. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So so they, they were supposed to be in the last quarter of this year, but actually end up being the first quarter of next year. Yeah. Something like that. So, uh, yeah. All right. If you want more Heathen Dog, like, share, subscribe on the YouTubes and on the Twitters and everywhere you got. So we could join for full streams of anime, comics, and games. Members only chat and giveaways. Monthly Q&A, Legion with members, and account treasure Patreon giveaway goals. And also about more Heathen Dog. Check his anime on the stream segments, his tabletop gaming fundamental segments, his team-ups, especially that Garthon guy. I heard he's pretty swell. He's all right. He's all right. And selective game streams. Thank you very much, everyone. Uh, Mark says the world guy wrote the original Star Trek 2020 wrote the new version. That is, oh my god. I had his name, and then I just freaking lost it. I can see his face, though. Oh my gosh. You can see his face? Wow. Yeah, I know I know who the guy is. Um, just because it's, uh, he's unusual. Uh, Mike Pondsmith, our Telsorian Games. Yeah, you wouldn't, because, what, alright, what do you think a RPG game designer looks like. Just in your head, RPG game designer, go. What does it look like? Okay, uh, overweight white male with a with a uh, fashionably with an unfashionable ponytail, glasses, and a uh, scraggly beard. Go. All right. Uh, when Mike Ponsett wrote Star Trek 2020, he was a a buff, deadly looking black man. So yeah, <laughs> he is not what you expect. All right, fair yeah. enough. Now he's an fair older, enough. slightly overweight, long-haired, bearded, you know, African American gentleman. Oh, he turned into everything except the white part. Except for the white part. Yeah. But yeah, well, so well, he, unless you're Michael Jackson, you can't turn white. That's so. true. But you see, he—he's not what you would expect. Smart guy. I, I like him. He's always—if you ever like read an interview with him, he's always really entertaining. Anyway. You ready? Whether you are a longtime fan of comic books or someone ready to take the plunge into the comic book genre, look no further than Garthon's Comic Poll. Join Garthon live every Saturday at 8 p.m. Central Time on twitch.tv slash legionofmyth. Ask your comic book questions and engage in comic book discussions with Garthon directly. Now, let's give it up to Garthon. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time. Yes, Garthon's Comic Poll. Subscribe to Garthon's Comic Poll. Right. Oh, man, you yell at me and you do it all nice for you. Come on. I'm going to yell at myself? Yeah. I'm going to say, oh, I'm so surprised I yelled at myself. There you go. Oh, oh. All right, Savage Avengers, number five. Written by Gary Duggan, art by Mike Diodato Jr., colors by Frank Martin, covers by David Finch and Frank Darmada. That's a good cover. Looks dangerous. It's all angry. Nothing wrong with that cover. All right, the art inside's pretty good. It, uh... They're trying to show a Savage Avengers, and Mike Diodato's art style really reflects this with its very stark uh, gradients, the shading. Uh, the color palette is always faded, red, black, yellow. Everything looks very dangerous and deadly, which it should. That's what they're going for here. 
So art-wise, the book looks fantastic. Uh, it conveys exactly what they're trying to convey. And if you're looking for a super happy, spotty, saving the neighborhood type art, stay away from this book. That's not what you're getting in this book. You're getting some no. great art, but it evokes a feeling of danger and darkness and hopelessness. Ah, Ravenslayer said nice Conan-esque art. Well, Indeed, you're in luck. Because Conan's in this book. Conan's in the Savage Avengers. <laughs> All right, so to sum up uh, current events to now. Oh, yeah, this is a really neat book. Uh, it's a book that's kind of insane, and that's why I like it, I think. The uh, <laughs> That's his point. Cool and Gath, who's an evil wizard from Conan lore, is mm. in the modern world. He was in the Savage Land. He did. A, he was got a bunch of people to do this great big ceremony to make a giant bowl of blood to summon an ancient death god. Uh, as, various... as Conan evil wizards are wont to do. Right. Part of having this was trying to sacrifice people for the blood for the death god who had mm. special skills um artists writers singers warriors and part of doing that is he tempted the punisher frank castler by having the bodies of his family there because you know the bodies yes the bodies they're still dead and when castle shows like hey if you serve me i could bring your family back to life and Castle's like, yeah, that sounds like a terrible idea. Because you're an evil wizard, and that can never work out well. I'm just mm. going to shoot everyone here. Yeah, there you go. He, I mean, he saw that movie. He read that book. Is Those that Electra with a bow? Yes. Why did she have a bow? Because one was available. Yeah. She's um, a master of all weapons. Pretty much. So also, on Cooling Gath's side, our light, our, uh, he actually calls them all out. But... The hand is from Japan is on his side. The uh, where'd he go? The sorcerers of the desert, the hand of Japan, and the priests of Sickles. So, Marvel cult people are all helping him out because he's all evil and stuff. They're like, yeah, evil man. We heard it, baby, evil. So they they summon the Death God. The the people who showed up to stop him weren't able to do it. Brother Voodoo, Elektra, uh, Conan, Wolverine. Venom, all were there for different reasons. Punisher, brother, uh, we're all there for different reasons. They all decide, oh, well, we all want these people dead, and we're all against death gods. So uh, they all team up in an uneasy alliance, and they're unable to stop it. The death god shows up anyway. So he's, like, rampaging through is, China. Is that the death god? Uh, That's the, the death, death god, god they summoned, universe? yes. Okay. So Conan... And Venom are trying to hold him off in hand-to-hand, while everyone else like forms the plan to, to bring him down. Because the only people crazy enough to go hand-to-hand with an ancient death god are Conan and Venom. Fair. Yeah, I see that. Fair enough, yeah. Conan, I mean, he's, yeah, Conan has done that, right? I mean, Yes, pretty much. That's kind Conan of his stock too. and trade. Yeah. Conan the Destroyer, he went up against a, he went up against a god. So, yep. all right. Uh, also at this point, interesting side note, Kulagath chopped off Conan's arm. But again, well, it was a while ago. Chopped off his arm, but among Kulagath's possessions was a bottled symbiote, and which got broken, and it kind of merged with Conan, and he fixed his arm up. And Conan interprets the voice in his head saying "kill" as Krom, because he's half crazy right now. And all things saying like "kill them for strength," he's like, "Okay, Krom, sure," (laughs) because Krom doesn't care if you live or die. 
Yeah, sounds good to me. But Krom says, kill it. All right, Krom, you fix my arm and you can make weapons in my hand. That's pretty sweet. Venom, meanwhile, is like, why do you have a symbiote? That is bad. That was a prisoner. Um, turns out the symbiote is actually like really old. It was probably bottled up for millennia. By the end of the book, it actually dies because it was Aww. weak and sad. Even with literally all the strength Conan gave it with all the blood? Well, kind of. It's keeping Conan alive, too. Huh. It's a symbiotic relationship. So they're both about right. to die. They're able to save Conan, but not the symbiote. Oh. And Venom's like, that symbiote was pretty much dead by the time his bottle was opened anyway. I'm sad about it because I was trying to save it. But, yeah, you know, that's life. Anyway. So the Savage Avengers team up. They manage to bring down the Death God uh, through, and they... It ends with Wolverine basically cracking open its head after they trip it, and its brains and blood explode everywhere all over all of them. And they're all like, ew, this is incredibly gross. <laughs> Wolverine, he's more like Gallagher, am I right? <laughs> so they go back to Cooling Gath. They're like, hey, what up, homie? We're going to kill you all. He's like, no, you ain't, because I'm Cooling Gath. I got a plan. Wahaha. You'll all be my servants. And they're like, well... It's more dramatic than this, but he says, he mocks him, says, you you know what, you're against me, but you will be my servants by the time the year is out. I promise you that. And they're like, no, we're just going to kill you now. Uh, he manages to escape through his magic portals. They kill everyone in his compound and tries to stop getting in their way. And then at the end, they all pretty much go their separate ways. Like, okay, we all need to stop cooling gas. We all still agree on that. We need to keep in communication, but we don't need to stick together. Raider says, well, that Wolverine for you. That's what he does. Who he does is very nice. Mm. Bub. And the... So, they're all going to teleport out, and Conan's like, I'm not going through magic portals. Magic is always bad. Always bad. Always. But it can get you out of it. I will walk out of the Savage Land and through your Antarctica. I don't care. <laughs> Are planes bad? Not magic. They don't have a plane. They have magic oh. portals. <laughs> oh. But Punisher is like, you know what? I'll go with him. I'm fine with that. I don't want to go to your portal anyway. I need some time to think anyway. So him and Conan end up going off together, like sledding the coffins of Frank's family behind him. Uh, which is actually like a really dramatic scene. Everyone kind of goes off to separate ways, trying to track down different leads about what's going on, meeting their contacts, promising to be back together to help each other. And there's a really lonely moment where Conan and Punisher go off together, dragging the bodies, well, the coffins on sleds, of Castle's family. Because they can kind of feel, in a way, their kindred spirits. They've each suffered loss. They both you know, aren't looking so much for justice as you know, survival. But uh, it ends with the first battle against the war against Kulangath had been fought to a stalemate. Unless he was telling the truth that an infection of the mind would transform them into his allies. In that case, the day belonged to Gath. Conan scoffed at the idea of ever serving the evil wizard. But it was Gath's amulet that lay hidden in his pouch. As the barbarian began to trek the long, dangerous trek... Oh, as, as the barbarian began the long, dangerous trek from the savage land into Antarctica, he worried... That his will may not have been his own. Dun dun dun. So what? So the symbiote still got something? No. The, uh, basically, he stole Cooling Gaff's amulet. That and oh. all of them having the blood of the Death God inside of them now. Well, and brain. And brain, but mainly the blood part. It's worrisome. Sure. That okay. he's concerned they might already be in Cooling Gaff's control. 
Because Cool and Gath oh, was that, still... That's why he was so confident that by the year's end, you'll all serve right. me, because... And, right, right. And that okay. also gives credence to, why would you want Punisher there? Why would you... All these things he did attracted... He wasn't counting on Conan so much. That was a surprise. But he had stuff specifically that made Elektra want to be there by getting the hand involved. He had a symbiote, which would attract Venom. He was using the dark magic, which would attract Brother Everything he did would attract these people, and he knew it. So I was like, oh, that's actually a really good wrap-up. Mm. This is Conan before he was King Graven Slayer. Way before. I see we can sign Batman does nothing, just breaks down in tears. Batman breaks down in tears because finally someone understands. Oh, God. Anyway, so. Uh, thanks, Duncan. So I really, I was very, I don't know about this book because I'm not a big fan of Venom. And I was like, I don't know if I like mixing Conan with the Avenger people. Yeah. The end tied a really, really good bow on it. Yeah, though. it's been a really interesting read. And this ending of the first five issues is a real nice sum up. And we're like, oh, crap. It makes me want more. I enjoy the art. I enjoy the danger of it all. It avoided campiness very well. It was a really, really good book by itself and with everything else. Went by a little quick. Could have been some more things done with it. Wasn't a perfect book. But I really, really liked this book. And we all know what that means, everyone. Say oh, it with me. There it is. Four stars. Four stars. <laughs> For Savage Avengers, number five. A great book. The series has been surprising how good it is. Gary Duggan's a good writer. Diodato Jr.'s art is always fantastic. Four stars. Four stars. Oh, there he is. Four stars. Oh, God, please, no. 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 Four stars. There you go. Dang it. <laughs> I told he would do that. <laughs> Four stars is on cooldown, Raven Slayer. <laughs> well, no, only Baldahar can use it. Um, <laughs> Black Rock. That's right, Mark Hawkman. That's his equivalent to Conan the New Year. Anyway, so, yeah, really good book. Really enjoyed it. So, what are your thoughts? What do you think of this segment? What did you think? think of savage avengers number five if you've read it let me know uh do you think it's a silly book do you think it's awesome let me know i will listen to you you listen to me i'll be good if you have a suggestion for future reviews let me know now from garthon's kong pole doomsday clock number 11 written by jeff johns art by gary frank Colors by Brad Anderson. The cover by Gary Frank at Brad Anderson. That is Batman stopping the nuclear missile launch on the cover, saying, no, my friend. Bat, think about this. Well, actually, he just kind of yanks his hand away and breaks his arm and starts punching people a lot. Brad says, they let me, uh, hey, let me do it so it's not locked for on Valdehar. Ooh. Well, no, Baldahar did it first. If you look in chat, Baldahar did yeah, it four did, stars. Yeah, he did, but no, the, yeah. it gave him a cool down, not a you're not allowed to. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I... I in mine I had it set up for Baldahar. All right. Well, maybe I need to do that. So, this has been a weird series of bringing the Watchmen universe into the DC universe. Universal laws for lackeys. Oh, it. Context <laughs> is for kings. And the context of this book is very strange. The it's issue 11, so they're starting to bring everything together to the end. And Arathus is kind of going to hell. Batman's trying to stop a nuclear missile launch as the Russians and the Americans are coming to bl almost to blows. Um, everything, everything revolving around metahumans and what their role is. They've managed. 
the Justice League and all their allies are trying to stop Dr. Manhattan on Mars. They've all abandoned the Earth, which leaves Black Adam and all the villains of Earth able to run rampant as they're all mounting a Kandak to form an independent nation where superhumans are protected and able to do whatever the hell they want, essentially. But at the same time, everyone's blaming America for the uptick in the amount of metahumans and also blaming America for when, oh my gosh, Firestorm. Firestorm. Turned yep. a whole oh, a few hundred people a into glass. A of Russian citizens into glass. Yeah, that was sucked. And then the glass got broken. Uh, and Superman tried to protect them, but the army started opening fire and he had to start. So all this crap is all going to hell all over the place. Uh, Wonder Woman tries to stop... Uh, Black Adam and his friends, as you can see in page two, I'm showing you there. Well, the second page I'm showing. And as she's fighting them, Black Adam shows up fighting her. And then the Amazons show up and take her out and take her back to Themyscira. Everything's all going to hell the whole time. And it all goes to Ozymandias, who starts explaining to is it Saturn girl who's come yes. from the future mm-hmm. to me you know, Superman's like it's like and Saturn is just smiling at him when he's explaining what's going on and she says look Superman's going to win whatever your plan is I know because I'm from the future and I'm here to make contact with him and let him know that but he explains to her that he what he basically explains what he tried to do in the Watchmen books where he set up uh, the situation with the uh, with the fake alien to make everyone think there's a common enemy so they all unite together and therefore bring world peace. But it kind of but in this series, at the end of Watchmen, left ambiguous whether or not that worked. This series says that failed. Everyone realized that they were tricked, and it all kind of went to hell. Well, no, it's not so ambiguous. At the end, at the end of Watchmen, uh, Rorschach's journal right. got out. Rorschach's journal is yeah. there, but you never yeah. see them read it. They just kind of put it to the side. But it's going to be read at some point. And even if it's read, who's going to believe Rorschach's journal? Fair enough. So it is left ambiguous. The, the information was out there, though. Right. That's why it was ambiguous. So there. Yeah. There. Yeah. Um. But this basically explains like how the new Rorschach character, how that character came to be, and how he manipulated him. How he manipulated basically Osmiasis reveals how he manipulated everyone into these exact positions that he wanted them in. Because he realized that the reason the crazy couple from the beginning, Marionette and Mime, who have the invisible weapons and can kill people and they're absolute psychos, the reason that they were important to Dr. Manhattan, why he didn't just eliminate them when he encountered them and put them in prison, is because someone important to Dr. Manhattan, I think it's his sister or daughter, anyway, one of his relations ends up adopting the crazy people's daughter when they're in prison. And so she grows up normal, but because of that, that's special to him, that's why he didn't eliminate them, because he knows that future. And he's figured that out. So he had to adjust his plans. But then he found about this other world and everything going in here, how Dr. Manhattan escaped to this world because there's because of the huge amount of metahumans there and the contrast it provides. And so that's why he came here with all his other stuff, and he brought the psychos to get Manhattan's attention. And then he figured out, once here, about the whole Superman thing and how the world actually 
the DC Universe revolves around Superman, he figured out. Everything revolves around Superman. Begins and ends with Superman. And when you think about it, in a meta perspective, yeah, he was the first real superhero. Yeah. And uh, I actually read this comic. Oh, wow. Did you? I did. And uh, uh, Dr. Manhattan go goes through all of the all of the times that the timeline has changed. All, all of the reboots that DC has done. Yeah. Yes, he, he sees does. them all. But the constant is always was Superman. that Superman was always landing on Earth, always landing in Kansas, and it was always found by Jonathan and Martha Kent. Now, they died early. They died late. They died of cancer. They died of a car crash. Whatever. It didn't matter. Those things were constant. Superman was always there. Always. So that's part of the reason why I think that he decided that Superman was the center of this right. 616 reality type. And also, when he altered it and created the New 52, they're saying, that's why Superman is so weird in the New 52. It was because mm-hmm. of Manhattan's changes. Right. Trying to make things it, better. And yeah, it, it, it wasn't because of bad writing and a bad idea. But No, yeah, no, it was it Dr. Was, Manhattan screwed yeah, with it. Dr. Manhattan the whole time. Dr. Yeah, Manhattan's yeah. not a writer. He doesn't know what he's doing. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, right, right. But... Rah, rah, rah. <laughs> As also through this, you see Lex Luthor's talking with Lois Lane about all these anomalous photos he's found uh, that showed like the same couple, but in different points in time, um, all related to. So that's been related to other things going on through the book the whole time. And so we start talking with Saturn Girl, who's uh, on demand is telling Saturn Girl all these things he's already set out. And he's like, right now, Saturn's going to be confronting Black Adam. This is going to happen. And he's going to win that fight. But that will attract Matt, Dr. Manhattan. And she's like, look, all this is pointless. He's already going to win. It's like, and uh, so he tells her, yes, yes, well, well, if Superman is so important to you, to your existence, let me ask you one thing, Saturn girl. Does Superman remember you? And she kind of pauses and says, no. No, what's, what's, what's happening? Then you start to see her start to fade away. And he says, I would theorize that you're no longer part of his timeline. You just didn't realize it yet. And then she fades into non-existence. Well, and that that was made sense earlier in the book when Dr. Manhattan was trying to see the future, the far future, getting closer and closer closer and saw nothing, 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 nothing. Yeah. He's yeah. he's not sure why. He's just he just knows that he can't. Yeah. Uh, Ravensburger says here, saying they're trying to do, redo the retcon, they screwed up and blame on Doctor Manhattan. Sort of. They're not saying it's his fault. It's just like, oh, he was the reason the New Fifty Two happened. Reason. It's right. supposed to be like yeah. a clever kind of funny thing. It's not supposed to say it's Manhattan's fault. Then they're not blaming him for anything. The imaginary character made me write bad things. Yeah, no. no. It's it's definitely meant as a way for Coffiners to go. Oh, okay, that's more interesting when you put it in that context. Still don't forgive you, but. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah, pretty. No one forgives you for Superman's new 52 character. That sucked. Yeah. But the awesome thing here in this issue is the reveal that all of this happening, the superpowers being set to nuclear war, is basically creating that same tension that was in his world. He has basically recreated the the his world here. The tension, yeah. the rising levels, the nuclear threat, all of that to get Manhattan to intervene and to do that by fighting Superman. And because that's how things have to change. And exactly. Very... But, 
I don't get that end game. You know, I get what he's done and, and, you know, and it was all successful and he's, he's played the whole world like a, like a, like well, a his... chess game with a toddler, but I don't get the end game. Well, Ozzy man, yes. Adrian Veidt, mm-hmm. his ultimate end game is the dissolution of both worlds into one. That's what he's trying to do. And his theory is if Dr. Manhattan takes out Superman, it will cause both worlds to collapse, which will cause Dr. Manhattan to have to fix that because he's in these worlds, which will cause them to stabilize together. Oh, so, so, okay. So uh, in destroying Superman, Dr. Manhattan will not just kill Superman, but he'll kill him throughout the entire timeline of the DC universe, causing it to, causing Causing it it to to collapse. Because exactly. Because it's the center. Right. He is the center of the DC universe. So if he eliminated him from not just the future, but also from the past, then the world would just collapse on itself and he'd have to. Okay. All right. Right. It's basically bold. The idea (laughs) is he's going to collapse the Washington universe and the DC universe and then have to remake it. And fix it. Okay. So that's the idea. It's a kind of an out well, there idea. Yeah, it's Owlman level super nihilism. Yes, it is. It's still yes, it the is. I'm going to save the universe, and you're going to have me. You're going to help me do it. Well, no, it's 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 I'm I'm going to I'm going to cut the legs off the universe, and you're going to have to hold it up. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. Because he's convinced Manhattan will do it, because especially because right now the Apparently, the one p- child he knows that Manhattan has some sort of care about is here, so he'll have to, or that mm. child will die. I don't know. This this is banking on Doctor Manhattan's humanity, which has been fading for quite yeah, a while. Yeah, it's quite compromised. I get it. I'm with yeah. you. There's only one issue left, so something's got to happen. Yeah. So I I just think it goes somewhere else. Like F it. I mean, there's only one. <laughs> it'll take another year for the next issue to come out. But you know. Yeah, that's fair. This thing is awful it's alman level super nihilism yes yes ozymandias has big plans and he's crazy but he might be mm. right i don't know it doesn't matter he's still crazy it doesn't matter if he's right or not and he still set up the situation so who knows what's gonna happen with that he was emotionally compromised back then watching the 80s yes he was all right so interesting book lots of exposition lots of crazy stuff lots of explaining everything that's been going on so far mm-hmm I think it's kind of outreached what it was trying to do to the point yeah. where the plot is incomprehensible. It's a little ridiculous at this point. It is. Yeah. It is. It's gone past the point because they did Watchmen. That all made sense. Like, oh, my gosh, this all makes sense. And at the end of this, you're still going, what? That's all really contingent upon your feel- what you think one guy will do who's kind of unreadable. So it's good, but it's not great. I really like the art. It does that same uh, Gary Frank's done a great job evoking the original Watchmen series. Um, but it just feels this la- this issue, I like it, but it just feels a little off the rails. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, it might turn out to be genius, depending on the next issue, but judging in and of itself, I love the art. I think it's a little crazy, though. Uh, I'm going to give it... Where'd it go? There it is. Three stars. I, I enjoyed it, but it's just a little too full of itself. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. A little too reaching. It's yeah. it's reach. Yeah. I, when, when I read it, I was like, you know what? This thing's reaching for logic a little too hard. It's stretching for it. Razor says three stars for the art and three stars for the story. I actually like the art a bit more, but I'm getting three stars overall. Um, it just, yeah, it's it's uh, tries to do too much. And it's if it, it, it's the next issue shows all this bared out completely like in an ingenious way. Okay, but this issue by itself, I can't negative three on stars. I disagree completely with that, Ravenslayer. It's an interesting story. It's just, it's yeah, reaching a little far. But, what do you think of that? Uh, do you What do you think of Doomsday Clock number 11? Do you think I'm wrong? That's all genius, and I should get my head examined, or I'm just not smart enough to understand it? Let me know. Well, maybe you're right. I'm not the brightest person in the world. Not all the time. Uh, what are your, do you have any books you think I should be looking at? Do you think Doomsday Clock 11 is a bunch of crap? Let me know. I'm interested. <laughs> Thank you very much. Now, Garthon's comic poll, House of X number four. Ooh, House of X number four. Why is that still there? I thought I turned that off. All right. House of X number four. Let's try this again. Now, Garthon's comic poll, House of X number four. Written by Jonathan Hickman, art by Pepe de Raz, colors by Marta Garcia, cover by Pepe de Raz and Marta Garcia. I love Pepe de Raz's work. He's great. He is. He and is great. What I won't say that I'm going to do a tangent real quick. Recently, Marvel's been promoting him as one of Marvel's young guns, new and upcoming artists. I've been singing Pepe de Raz's yeah. praises for over a year in Marvel yes. books. He did, what, three or four books in the same month for several months in right. a row. And his art was spot on every single page. Right. He was doing some he of my favorite not... books. And yes. the guy's amazing. Yes. So I don't yes, see... I mean, he, he's, he's the hardest working man in the artist business. And he did you. not wane at all when when he was overworked for several months, I... like six months at a time. It was Zout crazy. Put, Southport was like life in the 90s, but good. Bananas. Darcy Fee, I think it was classic with one voice. Who's Martha? Oh, gosh, Duncan. Uh, Rev says has a great burn feel on this. Yeah, it looks a lot like burn. Or Byron, however it is. Okay. And you know what? You know what? I read this one too. Why are you reading my books? I didn't know. I read them before you picked them. All right. <laughs> so House of X has been interesting in that it's kind of rewriting the whole X-Men canon. Uh, recently, in House of X, they've been... They basically told the Earth, hey, we're mutants and we're crazy and we have our own nation as Krakoa and uh, we'll give you these miracle drugs. And humans are like, screw you, muties. And they built a satellite around the sun with a mother mold in it to build master molds to build sentinels and they weren't going to activate it because they're busy trying to uh, program the mother mold not to be crazy and try and annihilate everyone fair fair the x-men found out about it because of moira and her life jumping and that was in powers of x which is weird so then they went okay we're doing this so they link a bunch of mutants together so they can communicate psychically with the team that has gone to the, to the human satellite by the sun to try and destroy it. And they know they might be on a suicide mission. But the mutants they link up to speak to them, uh, they got Beast for technical stuff. Uh, anyway. Scott for leadership. Well, no, uh, Scott Ms. is Ms. on the Scott's on the team. I'm trying to think of the people yeah. at home base. Oh, at home base. Uh, Professor X, Magneto. Right, Professor X, Magneto, 
uh, Storm, Emma Frost, Beast, Emma Frost, basically all. And uh, I think there's someone else. Anyway, they got the. What annoys me is on the home team, Storm is only there to manipulate the water so they could like have a big talking waterhead. Can't they just talk in their heads? Isn't this yeah, mental? it's not necessary. I agree, I it's really necessary. Head. I guess they just yeah. want to put Storm in the book. Someone's like, why yeah. is there Storm in this? And like, uh, well, she's making the waterheads. They look at. It looks Super. cool. Like the page left. That looks cool. If you're making a movie, yeah, sure, it's pointless. Gotta have Storm make the waterheads. What are we gonna do without the waterheads, for God's sake? Who are these in for uh, transport? Lila Cheney or Magic? No, they actually flew there somehow. They flew there in an FTL craft. Yes. Uh, they don't have a teleporter that can go that far at this point. Mm. All they have is Nightcrawler on the team. Yep. And that's to uh, teleport to various points on the station because the station's pretty large. Right. Point to point but, in, uh, in yeah. the station. Yeah. All right. So, the extra there, they, they jump on board. They're going to go and disable the contact points where the big mother mold head is being in the middle of the satellite so that it'll fall into the sun. Uh, the, the humans try and resist, and they resist heavily, and there's a lot of people getting killed. The humans have really, really hurt the X-Men. They, uh... They... Yeah, on, on, on this panel, two two of the infiltration team have died. Right, they killed Archangel and Husk. Yes. Nightcrawler has internal bleeding. Wolverine is all jacked up. Yeah, they, his uh, arm... His arm is... You guys, you can it, see the panel... Bone. Yeah, his his uh his his bicep and tricep are just shredded off of his bone. It's crazy. Yes, Raven. No, 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 no. The X Men are dying. They're, well, no, they are no, killing the people. The X Men are killing humans. On yeah, this yeah. Boat the X Men are killing people too. On this yeah, space. yeah. yeah but, the X Men are killing people yeah. because they're at an extinction level event where they're all going to get wiped out. Yeah, I mean, if 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 this mother mold comes online, there's going to be millions of sentinels. Right, it's gonna and be essentially nuts. in the House of X run, at this point, this is probably my problem with Hickman's run so far. He's turning the X-Men into crazy, murderous militants. Yes. And that's what they're doing. They've decided, well, this is what we got to do to save ourselves as a species. Peaceful negotiation has failed in every other timeline. We're going all-out murder spree now. We're going to go, well, not all-out murder spree. They tried that, too, and that failed. This yeah, is like but, a middle of the line. Right. Well, to, to, to be fair, uh, most X-Men stuff is out of continuity anyway. So th this could be just a thought experiment. Yeah, who knows? Like I said... Yeah. This book has been insane. This might just be another life Myra Cheney lived through. And not Myra Cheney. Moira, Moira lived McTaggart. through. And it's all wrong. So who knows? This book is incomprehensible in many ways. It's a cool story that makes no sense. They... Yes. So when reporting back, like, all right, if he's gone to hell, and they're like, uh, could you still, like, kill that mother mold? And they're like, yeah, it's, uh, I guess, yeah. Well, no, no, there was no guess. Scott was like, yes. Yes, We're well, do Cyclops mans, we you know, mans up his giant brass balls, which he has yes, in this book does. for some reason. Yes, he does. And says, he, no problem, we got no theirs. No problem, man. He, he takes his giant brass ones and rings them which like church is bells. so weird. And he just Cyclops. goes in. Um, so basically, they start going through. They start killing any human in their way to try and break the connections to get Mother Mold to fall into the sun. And to get the, and, uh, to, get to the last connection... What they end up, I, Mystique gets killed trying to take down a connection. Uh, and to get the last connection, which has been sealed off, Nightcrawler has to teleport Wolverine and himself outside. Which, by the way, did I mention they're orbiting the sun? Yeah. yeah. As soon as they teleport they outside, Wolverine, dis uh, not Wolverine, Nightcrawler disintegrates from yeah. the ra solar radiation. This is where I love the whole series. Well, it keeps, it keeps going. 
Wolverine, while regenerating and melting away, manages to cut through the final uh, tether as Mother Mold comes alive and starts thinking about her existence and coming to realize grips of being alive and that mutants need to go before falling into the sun. And then it's a non-issue. But you're, 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 you're skipping over a small part that I, I thought was, I thought was really good writing. Uh, oh. After that, Wolverine then disintegrates into the solar radiation. This is before that. Yes, go ahead. Okay. Uh, right before uh, Nightcrawler and Wolverine teleport outside the station to the last grapple of, of, of Mother Mold, uh, Wolverine says, uh, uh, starts, uh, starts talking about his, his, uh, an afterlife. Like, is there, is there going to be an after for me? I mean, what, what's, what's it going to be like? Because they know, they know doing this, they're dead. Yeah. They have a very nice moment together. Yes, they do. They, they have, they have a cool little bro moment together. Yeah. It's like, and so I got to ask, you think there's something there's... waiting for us on the other side? But is it about your soul, Logan? Just wondering what someone like me should expect. Then you wake up and from then... this earthly slumber, my friend, look for me. I will be there there waiting for you. There Radiant it is. And with open arms. I'm I'm really happy that that they they kept Nightcrawler's spirituality. Yeah, because I always like that. Yeah, some books they don't, but I I like I, like, I yeah. like him having that. Yeah, I do. And then you know they knew they were dead, yeah. and uh, everyone else is gone at that point. I, I well, think not everyone, everyone not everyone at that point. At that point, uh, uh, who's the psychic who's with uh, Jean Grey? Anyway, so. Basically, the psych with Jean Grey basically shoves Jean Grey in the escape pod and says, look, the humans are about to break through. The Sentinels, the space Sentinels are about to break through. So he, she boots Jean Grey in the escape pod and kicks her out. And then starts fighting the humans as they start raiding her ship. Because, like, look, they got to find someone here. When the humans get here, they got to find someone or they're going to look for an escape pod. you got to go. Right. So kicks her out. So Jean Grey is on her own. And she knows her buddy is getting murdered by humans as she leaves. Wolverine yep. is dead. Cyclops yep. is still in communication uh, psychically with Earth. He's like, don't worry. I think we're going to make it. And then as he's trying to escape pod, he gets murdered. He gets shot from behind. And they're like, Scott, It's like an incapacitator. It was like some kind of nanite thing that stopped yeah, him from doing Yeah, basically he got everything. shot with a nanite gun to incapacitate. Yeah. It would kill most people. But he lived. And he's like, it doesn't matter. It's over. We destroyed the mother mold. You're capturing me. It means nothing capture you my husband's dead you son of a bitch i'm not taking prisoners today and then they blow his head off yep they shoot him right in the head uh the 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 current leader of the trask satellite installation just flat out murders him and then gene gray who's cycling linked to him feels this happen as she's on the escape pod as the sentinels swarm the escape pod and tear it open and kill her yep everyone dies everyone, everyone dies, dies. But the thing is, at the end of this book, after I read it, now uh, I've, I've only that's I, not I even the read... end. Well, no, no. I, at, at the end of this part, I'm sorry. At the end of this part, uh, I haven't read any of the books previous. I've only I've only heard your 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 comic pulls on them. But I was like, man, the 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 widow, the head of the station, she seemed more like the good guy than the X Men. She really did. Yeah, I was like, that's a weird feeling I have. I've never in anywhere in this book felt like the X-Men are the good guys. In the first issue, I said, wow, the X-Men are Nazis now. And I never have felt like they're good guys this whole time. But the book ends with Professor X being all sad and crying that all that his X-Men died. Boo-hoo. And then at the end, it says no more. And then it goes to like what looks like newspaper clippings 
of Genosian genocide. I don't know if that happens right after this or before it, but like from 16.5 million to yeah. 1 million, did they lose their powers? What the hell? They don't explain. Like, mm-hmm. Well, they might in the next issue. I don't know. They may be, but here's the problem with House of X. It's an interesting story. It's fun to read. Who the hell cares? It means nothing for continuity. None of this is happening anywhere else in the Marvel Universe. It nope. means nothing because it's going to get retconned the next time Boy yep. uh, McTaggart wakes up. The yep. the X-Men are freaking villains this whole book. Yep. And you can say, well, they're, they're fighting to defend their kind. Okay. You don't do that by murdering everyone different than you. Well, the humans were going to kill them, but they weren't killing them. <laughs> You're starting it. Ah, oh, and it's – I cannot consider them heroes in this book. No, no. It, it, this this whole series in, is an interesting but not fun intellectual exercise that doesn't mean anything. Right. It's kind of those – one of those – you can imagine a group of writers getting high and saying, dude, what if? And going, oh, that's awesome. You know, or getting drunk and yelling, oh, dude, what if? You know. <laughs> but – it doesn't work for me as a book. I love the art. It's fun to read. It's interesting to read. I'm never going to say it's not. But at the end, I was just thinking, well, so what? It doesn't matter. There's no continuity. There's no stakes. It doesn't matter. What? It's kind of like when someone has a very special episode of, and you know it has nothing to do with anything else. It doesn't matter. There's no context. There's no consequences. There's no long term. None of this matters in the end. It's interesting as an exercise, but I, the stakes don't feel like anything to me because it doesn't matter. And they established it doesn't matter in the Powers of X series. So, it, like I said, like I agree with you, like interesting thought exercise, fun to read book, but who cares? It doesn't matter. And that takes away the enjoyment, especially when your heroes are freaking villains. Ah. So I'm conflicted on this book. I love the art. I like the writing, but I can't see it going anywhere. But yeah, the story is bad. I mean, it, it doesn't suck. It's it's a well-structured story, but it's just bad. And it's one of those things that, how do you redeem it? Say, oh, by the way, all these people are actually going pod people, and the real X-Men come back from their vacation with York and go, what the hell happened no, here? No, no, it's it's going to be exactly like you said. You, you called it. Mariah McTaggart is going to wake up and this is going to be an alternate timeline that never happened because she steps on this butterfly instead of that cricket right. or some other nonsense Well, basically like that. she'll wake up to her next life and go, well, remember when we tried, but this is supposed to be her last try. But this doesn't make any sense because I can't see them in half a year from now teaming up with the Avengers going, wow, wasn't that crazy when the humans tried to murder all the mutants? That sure was. Yeah. So remember that Don't time we murdered all those people on that satellite? Yeah, that was nuts. Hey, where's Wolverine? Oh, a single atom of his blood was on the escape pod. Was got taken back to Earth, and he regrew. Oh, sweet. Or, or uh, just just like Ravenslayer said, Gene went Phoenix Force Maybe. and resurrected him. I don't know. All, resurrected all the X Men with her with her Phoenix power. Marx's destiny is always telling the truth, though. That's true as well. But thing is, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Hawkman. In the books, in Powers of X, they give you all the timelines of all of her lives. So, uh, it's a mess. It's kind of like Doomsday Clock. Interesting, but a mess. 
it's like they're trying to overwrite and try and show how smart they are by doing this over convoluted thing, which is kind of neat to read. But when you step back and look at it, you're like, it's just, oh, it's yeah. the opposite of pointillism, where it's a mess until you step back and go, oh, cool. This is awesome until you step back and go, oh. And then and then realize it, all it is is a, is a bunch of tangled earbuds. Yeah, it's like, really oh. a mess. They killed Jesse back in the 80s or 90s. No, she's fine. Don't, no. Like I said, this current X-Men run, there is just no such thing as continuity. Um, yeah, I am so, I don't even know what to give it. <laughs> because it's an interesting read. The, three, the three art? Half. Three and a half. I give it three and a half. Three and a half, okay. Because right. I enjoy it, but I don't love it. But it's really good. The art's fantastic. Like I said, it's a great read. It's dramatic. The the art was great. The the uh, the the characters, while I don't like how they were they were portrayed, yeah, they, they were, were well portrayed, portrayed well. Yeah, yeah, they were portrayed well. So the writing was good. It's just the the overall story and concept is garbage. Yep, three and a half stars. We're sticking to it. But what did you think of this? What are your thoughts to say? What do you think of House of X number four? Am I off base? Do I not get it? I don't. Let me know what I need to get. Do you agree with me that this is an interesting, beautiful mess? It It is just, what the hell? Uh, is it overwrought? Is it trying to be smarter than it is? Let me know what you think. If you have a great, succinct explanation of it, I'll take it. If you have suggestions for future comic reviews, please let me know. And now our soup... And now... And now Garthon's comic poll, our super special bonus... Batman! Superman! Number one. I didn't read this one. Written by Joshua Williams. Art. Williamson. Art by David Marquez. Colors by Alejandro Sanchez. Cover by Marquez and Sanchez. All right. The hunt begins for the infected. Book starts out with Superman getting a distress call from the Just League space station. And he's like, Batman's talking out loud. Superman can hear it from over because he's Superman. And he's like, oh, what's wrong? Batman, there's danger up here. You need to, why, Superman, we need you. Just your, your voice, your voice sounds different. Oh, do I? I hadn't noticed. Uh, does that seem foolish? Is it small? Does it seem word? And he starts like going off this tangent about my parents were murdered. You have the whole, but your whole world was murdered. I guess I'm small to you. It's like, uh, yeah, are you okay, buddy? He gets to the space station and the Justice League is dead. And he not, starts, not just dead. They're mutilated. Ugh. And yeah, then, it's bad. He starts puking up green stuff. It's like, what the? He's like, oh yeah. By the way, all the everyone's dead, and uh, all the gas, all the oxygen in here is now infused with kryptonite. Uh, you were dead the minute you entered the satellite, by the way. Uh, so, and he's like, what? What happened? Why would you? You know, I was wondering. Says Batman here, because I wondered what would happen if you were like me. What if the worst version? What is the worst version of the Man of Steel? Would he make an impossible team? Would it be able to stop us from becoming the killers of the multiverse? Fun questions. But I always know the story ends with us fighting to the death. So I do what I always do. And then he like reveals, ah, that he's actually the Batman who laughed. This awesome. is the origin story of the Batman who laughed. The Batman who laughed is the Jokerized evil version of the Batman, who on his world, the Joker won. Got him infected with Joker gas. He lost all humanity. He realized Joker's right and all existence is pointless. He finally got the joke and then murdered the Justice League, then murdered the Joker, murdered all the Gotham villains, murdered the Justice League, and eventually murdered the whole planet. Oh. 
That's what the Batman Who Laughed did. And then he comes to... Then somehow he got through the Batman metal thing, which is another crazy thing. He got brought into the Prime Universe, where he's now Batman's new archenemy. This series is basically Batman and Superman having to deal with the Batman who laughed. Um, who is, like I said, the Jokerized evil version of Batman. So it's like Joker and Batman together. All of Batman's smarts, all of Joker's crazy, and twice as evil. Okay. They eventually find... So they team up together, so it goes, then it goes to our Earth. And Batman and Superman are teaming up to track down clues, and Superman's like, yeah, you're nervous about this. Normally, Batman, you don't understand anything, but I hear your heartbeat. What is frightening you? He's like, you don't understand what we're after here, Supes. This is the worst version of me. This guy is, is a straight murderer. He killed his planet for entertainment. This is the worst thing you could possibly imagine. They find his evil bat layer, which is built under the theater where his parents were murdered outside. Of course, because that would be funny. Yeah, because it's funny that way. And as they start going through the stuff, they look at his evil version of the Batcave, and they have like little monologues about how each other like deals with crime or people or their thoughts or what they thought when they saw each other's layers for the first time, blah, 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 blah. Um, which is some neat character development, but it's all been done before in other ways. But when they're evil in Batman Who Laughs Layer, I hate that freaking name. I hate saying the Batman Who Laughs every time. Give him a, a name. Like the nemesis or something. For God's sake, I'm tired of seeing the Batman who laughs, the Batman who laughs, the Batman who laughs. So they go to the Batman who laughs Slayer. And they see, like, he has his evil trophies there. I guess he had time to decorate since he's been infiltrated our world, you know. Built a lair that wasn't there before, made sure to decorate it. And while they're going through things, all of a sudden, uh, they're, the premises they were looking for, a kidnapped kid, they find a... And when they get the lair, they find this kid who looks like the evil Robin's Batman who laughs, likes to make. And he attacks them. It's like, oh, Billy, no, oh, it's okay, Danny, we'll help you. Danny will help you. It's like, it's like, oh, what are you doing? It's like, he changed me. Baby, rest, cops, I'm innocent. It's, like, it's like, it's okay, it's okay, Danny. Superman, we're here to save you. He's like, you don't understand. What do I understand? I'm glad he took me. He freed me. Don't you recognize me? And then Superman goes, oh, no. My name's Billy. Billy Batson. Shazam. Oh, that's super bad. That's super. And then he says Shazam and beats the crap out of both of them with one of the uh, nth metal infused batarangs that they found Batman Who Laughs has. Um, so this in this book is basically him beating the crap out of Batman and Superman. Just okay. a real quick kapow, kapow, kapow. Um, yeah. Evil Shazam. So that was a nice shock moment, which was ruined because a month or two ago, the page on the left says DC Sneak Preview. That was published months ago. So yeah, ruined it. Right. Got so it. if you if you knew anything about comics, it you got like any of the like the pack and stuff they give you free with comic books, uh, like the comic reviews or comic news, it was there. You already knew this was happening. So they gave away the big shock of the book. Um, and they've already given away some key parts of the next book as well, but whatever. It was a nice shocking moment. It works well. Uh, the art's great. I have issues, though. One, no one noticed Billy Batson went missing. Two, 
He was able to corrupt Billy freaking Batson. Freaking Shazam? He shouldn't be able to. The magic should expunge it immediately. Three. The Batman Who Laughs is a pointless character. It's the Joker. Who dressed up like a member of the Road Warriors. That's what it is. The Joker's already as smart as Batman. The Joker's already twisted and evil. It's like, yeah, yeah, but Joker, you know, this Batman Laughs is cooler. because he, No, he's not... I guess it's meant to appeal to kids who really think that, you know, oh, Joker's too lame. He's not cool. He's dressed like a clown. Bad who laughs his metal spikes for eyes. It's not appealing. And basically what all you're doing is taking your heroes and turning them evil. You're not creating compelling characters. You're doing shadow puppets. And which is great for one shots and what ifs and entertainment, but it's been done a million times. The Batman Who Laughs to me has always been kind of a crap character. He's very popular. I'm wrong. I'm in the minority of this. I think he's a terrible character. You could have the Joker doing everything he does. And it wouldn't make a lick of difference. If the Joker made a twisted version of Batman's lair underneath the theater where Batman's parents outside Batman's parents were killed, you would say, oh man, the Joker's a jerk. It makes sense for the Joker to do that because he's a dick. You don't need this new character. He's just the Joker. Uh, Riddle says, yeah, Sam is magic, which is the only thing on the cryptide that Soups is vulnerable to. That's true, which is dangerous for Soups, and he agrees with me. I'm glad he does. Thank you, Riddle Slayer. To me, the Batman who laughs really strikes me as kind of like you would see, like in the 90s, when Image was trying to make the toughest, biggest, bicep, most gun-totinous death hero in the world. That's what this is. And it's going to be looked on someday, I hope, as ridiculous. Because the Batman who laughs is terrible. And I'm guessing I, I, from the series, they're also be pulling, going to be pulling out an evil Jokerized version of Superman, which has been done. Yeah. I I think what they tried to do, but they didn't get it across as well as they wanted to. I think they, they tried to make a Joker that the viewer or the reader could think, Jesus, he might win. Right. And that's what they're doing. Um, yeah. And that's also part of the problem with what DC's done with Joker in making him too relatable recently. Uh, Harley Quinn and Joker have become essentially heroes in many ways, which ruins their character. And so they have to make a new Joker who's twice as evil to kind of get back there. So this is kind of what they've done to themselves. And it's, But instead of like doing something new, they just say, oh, evil Batman. That's not thought-provoking in any way. I did think it was a nice dramatic hit to the book when you, you saw the Billy... Uh, the Billy Batson Shazam. Yeah, like Suicide Squad keeps screw the pooch. I agree. It's, it, it, I'm not saying it's not interesting. It's interesting. But again, it's kind of like how I felt House of X, where I'm like, but so what? Uh, except House of X is so what in that this is pointless. This is so what as in, you're not going to leave Shazam evil. He has his own series, for God's sake. <laughs> and then again, this might not even be happening on Prime DC Earth. Anyway, they never specify. So, it's a fun book to read. I'm not going to take that away from it. It was fun to read. It was well-written. It was interesting. I have a bias against The Batman Who Laughs, because I think it's dumb. I think the original Superman-Batman series was much better written, and it did a great job showing the interaction between these very different people who are best friends, and how they came together, and how they work together, and how they think. I think that... Super bromance. Right, that did a much better job showing that. Yeah. And that was, girl, 15 years ago now? 
this book isn't treading any new ground with that. But then it's not trying to. It is retreading a lot of ground with that. But then again, like I said, the original series was like 15 years ago now, maybe longer. So a lot of people weren't even alive when that was written. And they probably not going to be searching out back issues to read it. Two years ago, try 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. 20 years ago is when it happened. Yeah. They had a new 52 version of Batman Superman or Superman Batman that was on Earth 2. It was kind of lame. But yeah, Rangers like, yeah, it was like 20 years ago. Gosh, I remember the, actually more than that because I was in. Hey, Zon. Thank you for the cheers. Oh, wow. Thank you, Zon. Thank you. I was in, gosh, like tech training in the military when that happened. So it had to be over 20. Anyway, so it's a really old That'd book. Been 94, 95. Yeah, somewhere around there is when the original Batman Superman series was out. Superman, Batman, whatever it was. And that was a great series. But this could be really good. I don't like start having it revolve around Batman who laughs. And I guess they're going to both end up fighting evil versions of themselves. Because that's... Well, that's never been done. Um, if done right, it could be really interesting. I'm just not feeling it. Just right. because I hate the Batman who laughs so much. And that's on me. And also, it wasn't very interesting yet to where they're at. Like, this little boy is missing. I know instantly where to go. I found an evil bat layer under this theater. Well, how'd that get connected so quick? It's an okay book. I don't love it. I think Batman who laughs is silly. It seems to be retreading a lot of old ground. To me, it seems like something that would be better served as like a double-sized one-shot annual. What if Batman and Superman fought their evil versions of themselves? Uh, whereas this is not to do the character great of me since I first heard of him. Yeah. I tried to give him a shot. I've heard a couple things. and it's just, it, The Joker could do the same thing. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know. I don't love it. Two and a half stars. The art's okay. It's not bad at all. The art's good. It's not bad. It's good. The story's not bad. It's good. You know, it's just very average. Concept. It's, concept sucks. Uh, mm. So it's two and a half. It's average. Take it. Leave it. Your mileage will vary. Bristler <laughs> doesn't even like the art. I kind of like the art. No, the, I don't like the cover. Cover kind of sucks. But the internal art's better. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't. You know, it's two and a half stars. Average book. You might love it. You might hate it. I'm very ambivalent about it. I'm not going to be buying issue two. I don't have time for average books. Hmm. But let me know. What did you think of this? What do you think of Batman Superman number one? Uh, am I totally off base? Let me know. Am I absolutely right? Let me know. Because everyone likes being validated, my friends. Uh, do you think the Batman who laughs is the best character introduced in the DC mythos for the last 30 years? And I am totally off base. Let me know. I'll let you know why you're wrong. And if you have any suggestions for future comic reviews, please let me know. Thank you very much. If you want more Garthon, find Garthon on YouTube. Like, subscribe, share the Garthon. You can join for full streams of anime, comic reviews, game reviews, member-only chat and giveaways, monthly Q&A with Legion of Myth, and YouTube membership accounts for Patreon giveaway goals. You can also find Garthon's comic poll segments on the YouTube, my full playthrough of Yakuza Kiwami, my team-ups with Heathen Dog, which are highly entertaining and will expand your mind and make you 5% better looking. Guaranteed. And coming True soon, story. my role-playing recycling segments. Thank you, everyone. 
Los Marios says he doesn't even like the art. Save your money. Pew, 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 flat. Not a fan. All right. <clears throat> RNG. Wait, wait, wait. The... All right, now do it. Okay. RNG, the random number generator, where the Legion of Myth weekly live stream hosts discuss anything and everything nerd. RNG airs live every Saturday at 8 p.m. Central Time on twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. Come and join us in discussions on all things nerd. And if you have a topic you'd like to discover, let us know. Now, let's see what the dice roll for RNG topics this week. RNG. Subscribe. There you go. See, you were talking, so I couldn't surprise you. So, you know. I know. We need a theme song, or I'll just sing RNG every time. <laughs> That's okay. Do that. <laughs> but today, we're going to talk about the Dark Crystal. Now, I, I watched the whole thing. But I'm not going to talk about uh, so much the the uh, a lot of the story because I, I really want you to watch it. Everyone should. There hasn't been a uh, a live action uh, puppet series this good in literally decades. Ooh. Hasn't been. Hasn't been. So I want you to see it. I want what you to, I want to see it. What you, I'm, I'm going to talk about Ravenslayer some of the it's good too. Yeah, I'm going to talk about some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. I'm going to talk about some concepts and why it uh, it adds it adds uh, flavor to the original. All right, all right. So here we go. Now, the the first slide I have here is the is the poster picture. The next one is uh, making of the models. Now, back they uh, in the in the documentary, which after you watch a whole series, you get to watch the documentary. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, it's about an hour and 20 minutes of the making of, and I recommend you do not watch it. Do not watch it until you've watched the first season, because the moment that you find out all of these stars are voice actors here, you're never going to hear anything else. It's going to take you out of the, of the story. Don't let, don't do it. Do not read the credits. Just skip, skip to the next episode. Don't read the credits. Because it's going to take you out of it. You know a lot of these folk. A lot of them. All right. Anyway, uh, they, they talked about building the puppets. And the way they did that was they went back to the old photos. They went back to the old movie. They went back to the surviving props. And they tried to recreate that as much as possible with modern technology. They didn't take away anything. They only added two. And they actually did a test sample. Uh, uh, they, they, uh, uh, the uh, Henson company uh, gave it to Netflix. And they said, okay, here is a puppet Skeksis and a CGI Gelfling hmm. in a confrontation. And this is how it looks. And everyone seeing them both together was 100%. Oh, God, the puppet's better. The pu- puppet's better. <laughs> Well, yeah. The puppet is better. That's it. And I got to agree. I, I was looking at that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. That CGI sucks compared to the puppet. And the CGI was top notch. It was no joke. But the puppet was everything from the original plus all of the modern day technology. They even had to invent some of it to to get it to get it to work. Which, in in my, in my opinion it really, really makes a groundbreaking show. Uh, every time that, that a, uh, that a 
fiction, science fiction, fantasy uh, series or show had to invent technology to get the vision done, it was always first rate. Matrix did it in bullet time. Star Trek did it. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, Star Wars did it for for the uh, A New Hope Star Battle. They 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 had to they had to invent some stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time it does that, it becomes a classic. It it becomes the paragon of its time. And this is gonna this is that for for puppetry. This this is it. You're you're living right now in the paragon of puppet technology. And this movie exemplifies it. Farscape right, did. This is Raven Slayer. Farscape. Far... I'll, I'll, I'll go, I'll go with storytelling on Farscape. Cause it, it, it really, it really had a, uh, uh, a, a novel approach to the, to the space opera. It really did. But, uh, we go to the next one and we, we, we see, uh, we see the Skeksis hair getting put on. And this, I put in here this because like I said, they use the old tech when it worked better than anything they could do now. They did it the old way. Mm-hmm. They only changed it when, no, we could do it better. And one of the ways they changed it was that, hang on, hang on. You, you, the CGI is not as good as Puppet. You're right. You're right. But, but the CGI company went, okay, you throw down the gauntlet. All right, watch this. I will take your Puppet. And I will slightly enhance it, slightly enhance it with CGI and put it side by side. Now look at it. And they were like, oh, damn. It was amazing. They slightly, they didn't touch the eyes because CGI eyes held nothing to a puppet eye. That, that you, you, you could see that in documentary. It was absolutely true. But the cheeks, the mouth, the hands, they slightly, I'm talking 5% alteration, took it just over the top, took it over the top. Everyone, there, there was a, there was a guy, uh, uh, there, there was the, the uh, Netflix executive producer was there, there. There was one of my junior producers there. He actually cried when he saw it. The, 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 the side-by-side shot puppet, puppet CGI plus. Nice. And it, it was amazing. And I got to agree, they did a really good job. They, they, they only went heavy on CGI in huge panorama shots, stuff you obviously couldn't make a set for. Huge, you know, uh, uh, scenery shots where, where all of the characters were so small anyway that that was CGI. But as soon as you got close enough to a character to recognize that character, it was now a puppet. Everything here is a puppet. Everything. There are no people. It's all puppets. It's a, it, it, it's amazing. Now, that that is why you should watch it. That's why you should watch this. Now, this is why you should watch this and then... Actually, no. This is why you should watch a Dark Crystal and then this. The 1982 Dark Crystal and then this. In the 1982 Dark Crystal, it was a movie. They did not have the time to flesh out the whole history of the world. And as you know, from, from my RPG segments, I love it when they do that to get the full story of the original dark crystal. You had to read the books and the comics and everything to get the entire story of how the mystic and the, and the Skeksis split and how the dark crystal got cracked and all, and well, spoilers. I'm not spoiling anything. This was in 1982. Okay. 
we're beyond spoiler. I'm telling you stuff that happened in 1982. It didn't it didn't tell you anything about that. You had to read the comics and the and the books to actually get all that information. But now with this prequel, you can not only tell that information, you can live it. And in the in the original movie, you didn't know not only were there gelflings abundant in the world, but there were seven specific tribes of gelflings. They, they had a a loose confederation of a gelfling society. Each of these were, say, different castes. They had different roles, not only in gelfling society, but in the world in general. Because the the the, the crystal not only was the powered the world but it connected all life on the planet not only to the crystal but to each other so as the crystal was corrupted the plants and animals of the world were corrupted and in the dark crystal you saw the end of that you you you, you saw the victory of life but uh, yeah, all of the there were a lot of animals that were dark and evil and vengeful and mean. But in this one, like all the animals are super cool and nice and sweet, and they slowly start to turn. And now you know why. Now everything I've just said, everything I've just said ab- uh, about this series, is literally said in the first three minutes. That's it. I've given. I've spoiled nothing. Three minutes. But you have. You've given away everything. Oh, no. I'm giving away everything. Oh, damn me to hell. No, no. Didn't do that. But uh, it is a great ride. It's, I laughed out loud two or three times. One of them was when the Gelflings traveled to the the Mystics to figure out what was going on. And the Mystics told them the story of the beginning of the world or or the situation using puppets which is great puppets with we're using puppets to tell a story in a series done with puppets the incongruity busted my brain (laughs) so i had to laugh i had to laugh out loud at that scene because it was freaking hilarious (laughs) so yes i mean it and it it's it's a love story it's a it's a it's a hero's journey it's uh it's a fable. It's all of these things rolled into one. The writers spared no expense in the in, in the in the in in their writing. They did not think of how are they going to build a set for this, or how are they going to build so many puppets for this. The head writer said, "No, we don't care. That's somebody else's freaking problem. You write what you want to write. You write it as big or as small as you want to write it." Making it work is their problem. And that's what they wrote. And the and all the set designers and puppeteers were like, fuck. <laughs> all right, well, we're going to make it work. And Netflix said, you know what? We'll throw money at it to make it work. Yeah, Rainflayer said it's going to get at least two seasons. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. They made it work. It's going to be, it's, it's renewed right now because it worked. Definitely worked. Every time. Very nice. So yeah, I mean, if I had to give it a rating, I would, I would give it, I would give it four and a half stars. You can throw it up there if you want. Four and a half stars. Bam, Look at that beautiful footage. Is. Oh my god, four and a half stars. That's crazy. Four and a half stars. The only thing I didn't like about it, the only thing was that, and this is just me, 
This is literally just me. I am not a super fan of hyper-realistic puppets. I am not. That's me. I love The Muppet Show. I love Sesame Street still to this day. I even love, damn, uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood Fantasyland. I still like that. And those are like bare bones crap puppets, and I love it. Best part of the show. Okay. Uh, But hyper-realistic puppets, I'm like, eh, I'm looking at it going, "Mm, this is really good. Objectively very good. But it's not giving me everything I thought it was going to give. So that's why I didn't give it five. But that's completely subjective. Completely subjective on my part. So go ahead and watch it. You'll give it at least four stars. I hate puppets, but this is a four-star show. That's what you're going to say to yourself. Very cool. All right. Thank you, Heathen Dog. Thank you very much for your review. You're welcome. Or preview, review, thoughts. Yeah, whatever. All right, what did you think of this? What are your thoughts on the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance? Is Heathen Dog right? Of course he's right. Let him know he's right. And if you have any suggestions for future RNG topics, please let us know. What do you want us to talk about? What do you want to hear about? You want to hear our thoughts? We will tell you. Thank you very much, everyone. And as always, like, subscribe, share, join for full streams of anime, comic, game reviews, members only, chat and giveaways, monthly Q&A at Legion with, and it counts towards our Patreon giveaway goals where we give stuff away on our Twitch streams. And for more randomness, anime, comic, game, nerd topics, any nerd news, opinions, commentaries, if you have any topic suggestions, please let us know and stay tuned to the Legion of Myth. All right, everyone, it's time for us to exit. Thank you very much. Thank you, Zon. Thank you, Brave Slayer, Duncan, everyone. We appreciate it so much. It's fun talking to you guys tonight. It's always a good time being here with everyone. That's enough. That's the wrong place. There we go. So, remember, Gen Con is coming 2020. Ticket registration is January. Want to see you there. Thanks for being here, everyone. Join our discussions. Stream schedule. Live it, love it. Max Leo Stream Destiny 2 Shadow Keep first of October. Laugh at Max Leo's futility. Revel in his victory. We know which one will happen next. Yep. Let's play it again. Remember, join us on Discord. Follow us on Twitter at LegionMyth. Tweet us, we'll tweet you. Watch us live on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash LegionMyth. Watch us on YouTube. YouTube.com slash LegionMyth. Get our gear. Impress your friends. Intimidate your enemies. Find the world. LegionMyth.shop.spreadshirt.com slash LegionMyth. Current goals. Do you have any goals? Fix them. Find them. Join us. Follow our gold giveaway coming soon. Thank you all of our Patreons again, all of our supporters, all of our Twitchers, all of our YouTube subscribers. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. It's you that keep us going and allow us all to keep All of our happening. Zons. All of our Zons. Thanks so much. <laughs> and allow us to do our giveaways to help everyone out. Remember, everyone, you have one life. Live it well. Live it nerdy. And have a great darn and all. <laughs>